your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are never, ever getting back together. Uh, Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche (laughs) podcast, everybody. Uh, Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. And it is Friday, and Shaggy Von Doom is here alongside me today, as he always is. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. On today's episode, we will be discussing the Avalanche and their first trek into Seattle to go up against the Kraken. And I think what the Avalanche are, you know, what we're going to talk about is probably what every other team in the league is talking about the first time they go up against the Kraken, seeing your old teammates there. And for the Avs, there's two of them. So we will discuss that. Uh, we're going to talk about Bo Byram. If you subscribe to The Athletic and read the Peter Baugh uh, article about him, it's good, but it's scary. So we'll discuss that. And with the Pittsburgh Penguins being sold, it's it's final, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'll be talking value and team value and what is the avalanche team value and if you've never looked this up uh, i mean if you want to go do it right now feel free if you want to be maybe surprised on what the avalanche team value is stick around for that so we'll discuss all of that and wherever else it leads us but first things first follow the show on social media hell that's l-o-p-n underscore uh avalanche on twitter locked on avalanche on instagram questions, comments, concerns, opinions, go to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com and follow the show's YouTube channel over on YouTube. So uh, you weren't with me last week because I was out west last week, uh, but you know you are back in action. And any updates you have of what's going on with the lamplighters or any of that fun stuff that you have in, in your hockey world? Yeah, still doing... Uh... Still doing episodes with the Lamplighters and our Friday night stream. If you're listening to this episode, you can catch us on Twitch tonight on Twitch. Um, here in Puckburg's on pause because I don't know if you guys follow me on socials. I'm moving from Alabama to Pennsylvania, so All right. um, the, the, everything the is great, in flux. Uh, the, the great <laughs> Avalanche fan base of Alabama is being moved to the great <laughs> Avalanche fan base of Pennsylvania. So uh, yeah, so but but yeah, you got a lot going on, so. It's always appreciated when you come on. Um, All right. Yeah. Avalanche playing well right now. Yeah. Then this this three game win streak, two of them are against Vancouver, who is struggling. Uh, But you did play a good game against San Jose, who I don't know, maybe they're overachieving, but they're playing well overall. (laughs) Um, So you, you won that one. But you have to feel good about the Avalanche. And now you're going into another team who is struggling in the Seattle Kraken. And not only do you want to go in and obviously win the game against a team, and it's very rare that you say this, that you should win this game. You know what I mean? There, there are, there's always the bottom of the barrel teams in the league, and they can always win. But when you are a team of the avalanche caliber, and, and you know there's, there's those, te- those teams that you should be beating, Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like this is like a, a no excuse. You have to win this game in reg- regulation for the abs. Do you feel pretty confident in how they're playing despite the opponents maybe not being 
the upper echelon of the league at the moment. Well, if you think about it in the context of the past five or six years when it comes to the Avalanche, that's usually where things get tricky is the teams that we are supposed to beat. The Kings have always been a hiccup. The Ducks have always been a hiccup. And I think it was what they were saying on altitude. It was like 607 days since we last played um, in Vancouver. In Canada, yeah. And for those who forgot what that series was like, those Vancouver games were brutal. Um, that was, I believe that was the Matt Calvert bleeding on the ice and then still playing around him. Um, uh, while that's Van- right. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that was Vancouver, you're right. Yeah, because they were pl- wearing their uh, throwback sweaters that night. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the Avalanche always have problems with teams we're supposed to beat, and if we're looking this good against teams we're supposed to beat, that's a good sign going forward. Yes, we should be able to beat Seattle, but we'll have to see. I mean, if you have been watching Seattle lately, this team is frustrated with where they are. They don't want to be playing this way. They're not happy with their head coach. They're not in group. Oh, hour. really? I have I haven't heard about that. Are uh, I mean, <laughs> are are they? I mean, they're not looking to, to fire the guy obviously already, or just starting a new franchise out. But what are they not happy about? Just like the style of play, or what's going on? I mean, it's hacksaw. <laughs> I mean, yeah. These, it was a, it was a it was a head scratcher of a, a hire to begin with. So, and every it's not like these are brand new players to the Kraken who came up and have like everybody knows who Hackstall is. Like yeah. these are probably players that have experience with them, and it's just with the frustrations of how the team is like four and eleven is not pretty, and yeah. with this and a like with Hackstall barking in your ear, there's a lot of frustrations. So, I mean, you see how Vancouver was playing as physical. Vancouver, I mean, Seattle will do the exact same to us. So if we can get out of this quote-unquote easy game healthy um, with a win, that's two wins in my book. All right. So, and and what we've always said about Seattle from when they announced their, or they picked their roster is like, they look, you know, their defense looks pretty solid. Where's the scoring going to come from? And yeah. just going through their their schedule so far, Here's how many goals they've scored in their losses. And I'll just list them. This, and again, this is just in their losses. Uh, three, one, one, two, two, one, two, four. And that was a loss to Arizona where they gave up five. Yeah. Two, four against Anaheim and they gave up seven. Two and two. So they're not like that was the problem. That that's where we thought the problem would be with the Kraken. And look at the the one the guy that they they took from the Avalanche in Jonas Donskoy, who performed very well. You have to look at it now. He does not have a goal on the season. He has six points, obviously all assists. Are you looking at him now, thinking like was he a product of this solid Avalanche team and benefited from that? I mean, it's too early to say that, but he's not off to a good start. And I think, you know, it, it was almost like a slam dunk that they were going to take Donskoy. There was really no other player, once they traded Graves, that you heard being thrown around saying like, well, maybe they'll take Comfer. Comfer's looking like the guy you should have taken at this point. Yeah. So, uh, but is this the game where Donskoy, you know, picks it up? Because he's like, hey, I'm going against against my old mates. It wasn't up to him to leave. I get that. But um, does th- does this get him going 
I don't know. We'll it, talk about Grubauer in a second, but what do you think of Donskoy so far? It's it's one of those that you look at Donskoy, he's almost reverting back to what he looked like when he was in San Jose. Yeah. Um, same amount of talent out in San Jose that they have in Seattle and same amount of production. Um, I mean, yeah, it was he really didn't have a, a say in the matter and they didn't pronounce his name right when they did announce him. <laughs> But and I and I will give him one of the best Halloween costumes. Yes. Uh, by the way, and if you didn't see it, he was a uh, a Starbucks cup, and you know how the Starbucks baristas write the name on it, <laughs> and his name was how Sean Kemp pronounced it. Genius, it was, genius. It Very was, well done. And, and like, yeah, he's owning up to it and making it was fun. And now he's getting out there, and that team's still trying to figure out how to like play together. Like, yeah. It's and and that's that's to be expected. And yeah. if you listen to Adam and I on the uh, the Lockdown NHL when we do the power rankings, we were both saying like they're way too high to start the year. They were at like twenty or twenty one, and I'm like that is a product of what Vegas did. They're benefiting yeah. off of what Vegas did. People are just assuming, uh, you know, they are going to to hit the ice running or skating and be <laughs> like Vegas. And no, you could tell that from the beginning. But you're starting to see it play out now. They are the the antithesis of a expansion team right now. Yep. And they're okay with that. They're okay. With, I think they wanted to play obviously a little bit better. And when you sign a goalie like Grubauer to a, a nice contract, I think you're expecting a little bit more. And and he has not lived up to the billing either. So uh, you know, that that is going to be the Donskway thing, you know. They picked him in the draft. Nothing can do about that. Grubauer chose them. He chose yeah. them over the Colorado Avalanche. And I think that is, you know, that's always going to rub, you know, your old teammates the wrong way when you know the Avalanche wanted to keep him. Um, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. If you want to make the money, go make the money. Uh, but don't expect us to go light on you when, when we see you. And I think you are going to see a barrage of, shots thrown at him because the avalanche know how to beat philip grubauer and i think he he is uh this i know seattle has a a good enough defense but i think you are going to see 40 plus shots on goal by the avs and and say you should be on the other side of this right now grew but you're not and now you're gonna pay for it and i've watched a couple seattle games this year and if the avalanche come out 100 miles an hour like they have in the first two periods, mm-hmm. it's going to exhaust that Seattle team. They cannot keep up. <clears throat> Excuse me. And mm-hmm. um, they cannot keep up with that kind of speed. They're not built that way. No. And Grubauer doesn't have that that trust with that defensive core in Seattle yet. And he's taking a lot of this on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a weird situation. And I wonder if that plays into how the avalanche play with taking their foot off the gas, if they start kind of feeling bad for their old friend. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I, I know I wouldn't, you know, if, if they, if they do and avalanche are known to do that. Yeah. To And they just did it in Vancouver. You know what I mean? They like did. they came out flying, they got up one, nothing. You could tell they lightened up a little bit. Vancouver did play better, uh, but they did loosen up a little bit. I, I, I don't think they if they do that, it's with like five minutes left in the game and and they're up six to nothing. Like that's when they might let up a little bit. 
I, I just don't see Seattle being that team that will take advantage of that and roar right back and put two or three back in and yeah. it start to get hairy. Um, I just, I wonder how that dynamic will work. It'll be interesting to see and they will talk about it all day long, but um, yeah. Grubauer and Don Scoy are not happy about where they are right now. And I'm pretty sure they would love to come back to Colorado any uh, chance they so. can get. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Don Scoy really wanted to go. Yeah. Um, it's clear that Grubauer did. And yeah. now you have to, you know, you made that bed and, and now you lie in it. Yeah. So um, it'll be fun. So um, we know even we're saying like we're expecting the Avalanche to win this game and they're going to be doing it without Nathan McKinnon, without mm-hmm. JT Comfort and without Bo Byram. And we're going to talk about Byram specifically, uh, maybe long term issues for him. Not right now, but. Article on The Athletic uh, didn't paint a rosy picture for him. So we will discuss that right after we talk about Built Bar and Thanksgiving around the corner. My man, you got you got some nice Thanksgiving plans. You're you're still going to be in Alabama for Thanksgiving. But what, what what's going to think I'll be hanging yourself? And I think I'll be hanging with my fam, Jam, the big, okay. super huge family that I have. I think we're getting together. <laughs> All right. And uh, desserts will be had. Absolutely. Why not have built bars for dessert? I know it sounds what? crazy. I mean, think about it. One slice of pie, and you are the built bar man. I mean, you've had I am. one slice of pie is upwards of three hundred calories on the low end. I mean, mm. if you're having, you know, the the apple crumb Betty pie, you're talking a little bit more than that. And the sugar content is off the charts. Just pass a built bar around. Why not? They're they're delicious. They are healthy for you. They have they are covered in 100% chocolate. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar. Why would you not do? I mean, if you're a coconut lover, they're absolutely delicious. They are great tasting. They are healthy. They have anywhere from 130 to 180 calories, only four grams of sugars of sugar, plenty of protein. And after Thanksgiving, they are having some surprise built bar Black Friday sales. So if you've never tried it, uh, get in on them now. So you get them delivered. You should get them delivered before Thanksgiving and then stay tuned for what they have in store for Black Friday. But right now. You can go there at builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right. They look they look good yeah. in a horn of plenty. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. A cornucopia <laughs> of plenty. Um, all right. So... Bo Byram, like I said, uh, Peter Ball from The Athletic, if you don't subscribe to it, um, wrote a a very good article on Bo Byram and what he went through the past year plus with his injuries. And you just feel for the guy because it just seemed like he could never get back to 100 percent and try as he might. He kept, you know, he kept getting injured and would start coming back and start feeling good and then have a setback. And when you're dealing with concussions, that happens. Um, and they even, I mean, this article went right up until a couple days after the most recent one, Bo Horvat hit him, uh, with the elbow and he woke up the next day feeling good. And he was like, all right, good. Maybe I'm passes. But the day after that, 
he woke up feeling like crap. And that is the, that's how a concussion can, can get you. You just don't know when the symptoms are going to creep up or how bad, how bad it is. And once you've had one, everybody knows this, you are more susceptible to them. And with Bo Byron being as young as he is, and he's having all these concussion problems, Peter Ball did a very good job of trying to paint like a, a, a not a rosy picture, but a picture of he's feeling better about himself and being able to recover from injuries. And I would say like, that's a good thing if it's like, you know, a, a knee or a joint or something like that. It's a whole nother ball game when it's concussions. And there was a point last year after the Vegas hit from Keegan Colasar where he just couldn't get over the hump of a concussion. And then when he did, he got laced with COVID. He was in the COVID protocol. And you read the article and there's a point in the article where he calls his mother up and he was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. That's scary. And he's 19, 20 years old and he's already having those feelings. Now, by the end of the article, he because of the season that he's had so far, he started out very well. Like he needed that to happen. If that didn't ha- if he didn't come out and have a good start to the season, we might be dealing with a different Bill Byram is the way that I, I am just interpreting this. But he kind of like play, you know, he played very well, obviously, and he kind of like built up his confidence again because he was at a low. Um, it's a, it's kind of a scary article when you're thinking long-term for this guy, because an injury like that lingers. Um, what are your thoughts on this? After, after hearing everything out of the Peter ball article concerning Byram, it's, it puts it all in perspective, especially after losing Matt Calvert, um, with the same issues and same problems. And, um, it just it makes you player? think because Matt Calvert had the pink visor. Yes. And then there was somebody else that came out this year with it wasn't a pink one. Was it was it EJ? I thought somebody else came. It wasn't a pink one, but it was maybe like a smoked colored one. Um at the beginning of this season. I can't remember who it was now. A, a member of the Avalanche? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have, I don't know. I can't remember. I, I'll I'll have to go maybe see if I can find it, but uh, they're not wearing it still, but but anyway, go ahead. No, it's 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 one of those things you got to think about, and that's what Byram's going through right now. Um, and you have to think like, this is where I would reach out to Calvert and be like, "Hey, bud, this is what I'm looking at. Is this something I could push through?" And like we were talking, Byram's still young; that brain is still developing, developing, and. Yeah. This is not something you need to experience at this time of your life. Just, I mean, Sidney Crosby had to take time off from the game for a while to address this. And I granted we've come a long way with our understanding of concussions and what happens with the brain since when Sidney Crosby was going through it, but it's, it's a little concerning. And then you really have to, um, you really have to evaluate what are you doing here? Health over hockey, long-term plans, like, is the next one going to be the, I know. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot to think about. And yeah. Byron's got all the talent in the world, but he's also got all the life in the world ahead of him. So he's got to th- think about both of those. Yeah. I think that's kind of why we think, oh, he'll be okay. Be- because he's 
kind of has that superstar potential and mm-hmm. you think guys like that are just going to be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, he's doing all of the right, like he's learning how, how to kind of like come back from this stuff. He's employed, um, you know, a therapist and he's like, I have no problem saying like, I think, you know, seeing a therapist is the best thing that I've done. He's seen a concussion <laughs> specialist who, uh, you know, helps him learn how to, live with having concussion like so he's employed the right thing there's a really good part in the article where he goes on this kind of like retreat with his father into like deep into the wilderness that you know he's unplugged for like 10 days and he's like you know that all like i'm doing i'm taking care of my body as best as i can so in that aspect it's like all right two thumbs up there but you can't all of that stuff doesn't stop some 250 pound defender come barreling down on you into the boards. Yeah. And, and that's the scary part. So uh, we all love Byram and, and, you know, he's off to a, a rip roaring start and he's kind of ascended up the Calder rankings early in the season. Um, but when you're thinking long-term for this guy, I am going to be watching this like, man, like every, it was almost like uh Wes Welker on, yeah. on the Broncos. You loved watching him play just because he played it with such heart. But every time he got hit, same thing with Troy Aikman, same thing with Steve Young. Once you get these things, you're just like you said, is the next one going to be it? And you got you have to take health over over hockey. Um, And he's not there yet. I'm not saying like, hang him up, Bo. I'm not doing that. But um, he's had this many concussions, this many problems early in his career. Maybe it's just a fluke thing. You know what I mean? Maybe because that elbow to the face was a fluke thing. Stuff like that, you can't stop. Uh, But just reading it really kind of gave me pause. Yeah. And that's, and like, that's what we are, that's what we talk about a lot over in the Lamplighters because we do, we cover like the mental health side of things and the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. And with stories like Carey Price, Jonathan Drouin, Robin Leonard, um, there's a lot of things that can happen post concussion that also affect mental health as well. And that's the, one of the things we talk about all the time is health over hockey. And that's pretty much where Byram's sitting right now. Like, is this something I can continue with and play through? Or is this where I need to evaluate where I'm going is, and he's got all the talent in the world and we're all rooting for him either way. But Byram's got big decisions to make at such a young age, and yeah. it's it's a rough thing to do. It's scary, and you know I have to give the Avalanche credit too because you know his the 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 timeline they gave for him coming back is basically up to him. Yep, they're they're basically said like when he tells us he's ready, then he'll go back out on the ice. So we're not getting the you know oh we're testing him out today. So like it's like nope, he's done this before. He's dealt with this before. He knows his body better than anybody. When he comes to us and says, uh, I'm ready to go, then they'll go through their their checkpoints and everything. Um, so I think all around, it's being handled well. I, I Maybe I'm painting a bleak picture of it, but I also want to like really emphasize that everybody's handling it the right way. They're not rushing him back out there. They have the right people around him to really kind of monitor him. Um, and he's monitoring himself well, too. So let's just hope this is just early season freakish injuries. And, you know, he has a long, healthy career, all with the Colorado Avalanche. 
So absolutely. All right. Um, and speaking of the Avalanche, which we tend to do on this show from time to time, uh, the the Pittsburgh Penguins sold. That doesn't mean anything for the Avalanche. It's not we're going to have this fire sale of uh, franchises now, but it does beg the question: What is the Avalanche value? And if you didn't look it up yet, right after we hear from Bet Online, we're going to talk about it, and maybe you'll be surprised. So get your guesses out for what you think the Av- the Colorado Avalanche is worth. And we will break that news. Well, it's not really breaking news, I guess, but we will discuss that news <laughs> right after betonline.ag. And we are back at Better Than Ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football and hockey and whatever sport you're into, their action for this season. Head to the new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up for or today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use that promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, whenever baseball gets back in season, which is the springtime, obviously the NHL boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage on all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts at betonline.ag. All right. Pittsburgh Penguins sold to uh, Kyle and I for $900 million. I put up half. He put up the other half. Uh, no, that did not happen. I only did it for the Yager jerseys. <laughs> well, you're moving to, to Pennsylvania, so no, I tr- clearly, you know. True. I'm going to be in the office, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. They sold for nine hundred million. Yes, to LeBron okay. James's ownership team. He now owns really the, the Boston Red Sox and okay, all right, all right. Our, I think um, in Liverpool and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow, I mean, I heard it was the Boston Red Sox group. I didn't know he was a part of that. Yes, that group, but whatever. Um, all right. I mean, say what you want about LeBron, but he's a pretty good businessman. <laughs> um, so they sold for 900 million, which is a little over their team value. Um, they, they're the worth of the Pittsburgh Penguins is $845 million. So kind of in that little, you know, $55 million over their value. That's Okay. I remember when the the uh, Los Angeles Clippers sold. Remember they had that whole issue with yeah. their owner and all those racist comments he was making. And they forced them to sell. I think they were worth around eight hundred million dollars at yeah. the time. And then the guy who bought them, the the, the wacky guy uh, from from Microsoft or Apple, maybe it was from Apple, uh, bought them for two billion. That's right. So he way overpaid for them, but that's the going rate when you're buying a sports franchise. You overpay. This group overpaid by a little bit, not too crazy. So it got, you know, Kyle and I thinking, like, well, what's the value of the Colorado Avalanche? And the Avalanche are not for sale. Um, There's no talk of that ever happening. But um, I told you a story about five years ago when the Powerball was up over a billion dollars, I don't play Powerball, but when it's that high, you'd be stupid not to buy a ticket. You know, you never know. And I remember putting up a tweet or a post or something saying, uh, well, Cronkies had a nice run because tomorrow I'll be owning the Colorado Avalanche. Because at that time, 
they were worth about $450 million. So out of my billion, I'd be giving half away immediately so I could own my favorite hockey team. And that was, yeah, like five years ago. I had, I, and I had not looked it up since right now. I thought they'd probably go up in value a little bit in those last five years. And if you guessed $465 million, you would have nailed it on the head. They haven't increased that much since five years ago when I looked up the value of the avalanche. Does that surprise you a little bit? It did. Um, that's a little low. Like, let's say if we're buying at the same rate that the Pittsburgh Penguins were bought, we'll just say $500 million. Right. Let's just go $500 million. Like, that doesn't seem... Not, like, not for not for a sports team, and I know hockey is not on the level of NFL and the NBA and stuff like that. But you would think any any sports franchise would be up around where the Pittsburgh Penguins are. I was surprised to see Pittsburgh sold for nine hundred million. I thought so be a little bit more than that. a whole four hundred million dollars more. Between. That's interesting, and it's alarming. What? What would be the worth of Arizona now? Because they're practically <laughs> for sale all the time. Like <laughs> that is true. And um, that would be your, I guess, Pittsburgh would be your high end of the market, and Arizona is probably, I guess, I don't know, Pittsburgh, stocking Kmart. <laughs> Pittsburgh um, is is kind of in the middle of the pack, actually, when it comes to value. I think they said they were 19th. I'm trying to bring up the Forbes. I think the um, Rangers are first with they are. like 1.1 bill. 1.65 billion. Um, the Maple Leafs are right behind them at 1.5 billion. Montreal at 1.34 billion. The Blackhawks, $1.085 billion. I wonder if that's going to I was about to say that's like a, <laughs> They will be different. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, the Bruins at $1 billion. So your first five teams are original six teams. And then number six is the Kings at $825. Uh, and then it goes to, and then the Flyers. So where is... Let's see. So so according to Forbes, so the, the, these are lower than. Let me see. I'm trying. I'm. St- I think. I thought I saw Pittsburgh. Right. So you're telling me the going. Kings are more profitable, or they are worth more than the Colorado Avalanche? Yes. Which makes kind of sense. I mean, the, in in you know that's like that's like New York. Your New York, Chicago, L.A. Those are are those cities are, you know, they're going to sell. Do the fans so, in LA even think that? Do they even know that? Like, they uh, share what is now going to be the Crypto.com Arena. It's not Staples that's anymore. Horrible. That is horrible. So, like, it's not even like the biggest ticket in town. Um, you're so, just let's see. According to Forbes, um, the value of Pittsburgh, they're number eleven. This says 650 million. So I don't know. I don't, maybe the first thing I was looking up was not accurate. Um, if there's 650 million is sold for 900, but the, the abs on here are still, where are they? So yeah, 465. <clears throat> so they are 22 in the league, the 22nd in the league. And that, that is just location. 
you know what I mean? For, for hockey, um, you know, even though Colorado is a, a sports state, a cold sports state, um, the value of that team is, is not high and, you know, winning helps, but you're never going to catch those teams like the Rangers. Like you're, you're never going to be up there if you're the avalanche. And it's just, it's just the way it's just the lay of the land right now. Um, you know, could they get up near the 500 million range? Yeah, probably you win a couple cups and your value goes up because people are buying your jerseys or buying your tickets. They want to go see the team play. So it goes up a little bit, but uh, you know, th- those top five teams are entrenched there. They are going nowhere. And, you know, honestly, I we're, we're throwing out these numbers and like the 900 million is standing out, but we're not, these figures are not reflecting the new ESPN TNT deal and adding value. Let me see. Yeah. Um, because this, Elliot- yes, because this, this, what I'm looking at is the Forbes list uh, from last year. And this article was from December 9th of 2020. So almost a year ago. Because so Elliot, you're Friedman, right, right. Elliot Friedman was talking earlier today about this penguin sale with it being the first indicator on the profits and the projections of this new deal and what it's going to do for the league that many yep. other owners are also going to do some self-evaluation on their own teams. So could this be a domino effect or a trickle-down effect or hmm. could this be the new thing that um, struggling teams like Arizona, Winnipeg, um, Florida? like Yeah, yeah, right. We've always so, it's, it's always the hot to, uh, hot topic in the off season of who's going to move, who should move. Now with this inflated um, projections with this new deal and Pittsburgh being sold for nine hundred million, some teams and owners can make a profit and sell a team, yeah. and there could be some relocating coming up. Oh, I mean, especially with like yeah, like Arizona. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the Forbes one was from last year, so they haven't released a new one yet, but. Um, here is a report from, where is this October? So this is more recent and the Maple Leafs took over number one. Hmm. So Maple, it's still the same top five with, you know, the teams, uh, with the Rangers, the Leafs, Canadians, Blackhawks, and Bruins. Um, I wonder if that enough, the Red Wings are, are 10th. They're still a, a billion dollar team, but the Red Wings are 10th. I wonder how long Toronto stays up there because that ESPN TNT deal effect doesn't affect them at all. Like oh, they're wow. still rising Sportsnet. I didn't even think about or, that. Hmm. I'm trying to find the full list here for right now, but so maybe the Avalanche have gone up a little. But I, I don't. I don't think they're. You know, they're, but it's it even no matter what you look at, it's alarming that like we're shocking, and you wouldn't think that the avalanche just aren't considered like that profitable, but like they have one of the best arenas in the league, even though it's, it's kind of old. It's, it's a beautiful place. It is. I can attest to that. It's very nice. Yep, You were just there. You were just (laughs) at ball arena. Um, a lot of uh, visiting fans, they don't have a bad thing to say about the arena. Like, no. All right. So here we go. I I found the list. Man, this, okay. So this has, this is a completely different. This has got to be because of that new the new deals. Um. So from tw- wow, the, everything has gone up 
a lot from 2020 to 2021. The Avalanche, according to this, they're still number 20, but the value on here says $775 million. Ooh. Yeah. And the Coyotes were 250 in the Forbes one in 2020, and now they are 410. So they pretty much doubled in value. Um, but, but for now, the abs to still be at 20, you know, that that's still that's still low. But it, I like that number. That number is something I can accept a little bit better than the other one. Like it, the avalanche feel like a 700 million, like easy. Right. And because here's Pittsburgh at, at 15 at, at 845, which when I initially Googled it. That's what yeah. showed up. So, um, yeah, they've gone up a lot in value likely thanks to that tv deal among other things but um and without even playing a game before playing a game seattle kind of almost smack dab in the middle at 860 million dollar value without playing a game so um it's good i mean at least at least the abs have gone up which is nice um and they're not that i mean yeah so you're let's see Pittsburgh, what did we say, was 845 to the Avs 775. That's not bad. And you're five, you know, five spots away, and they're at 15 and you're at 20. So, you know, maybe you're never going to be a billion-dollar franchise. Maybe you'll touch the, the 800 million in that range. Um. But it's just that, that that's how that's how it's laid out for the abs. You're kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to this. And that affects things like free agency. You know what I mean? Like you t- players like the big markets. Yeah. That's why they lost out on Panarin. They had a deal on the table for for Panarin and McKinnon was working his butt off to try to get him to come here. And he thought he had him. And Panarin just woke up one day. And he's like, my my gut is telling me New York. And, and most of the time, New York is going to win out. Most of the time, Chicago is going to win out. Most of the time, LA is going to win out. And if you listen to players that end up like finishing their career, like New York, for either the Islanders or the Rangers, they go there because they don't have to have a vehicle. They could just have like a, a nice little penthouse, and yeah. they could just have, like e- either like be chef forward to MSG or like take a subway. Like they don't have to worry. It's just like they can wake up like two hours before game time and just. Right. Like there's no travel, you don't have to worry about all that stuff, and I'll, that's what the appeal of the big city. Like, who doesn't want to be in New York? Yeah. Um, so I I get that especially. Yeah. But. Yeah, but it's amazing to see how how much they've shot up after 2020, and I'm I'm, st- I'm looking up other articles, and it's they're all accurate. Like all the ones that were coming from 2020 have the Avalanche at 465, and a year later they're at over 700. So but honestly I I good, view but... I view the, the Avalanche as like a hidden gem. Like keep yeah. it that way. Keep it that way cuz like it's such a beautiful area, beautiful arena, beautiful like the city, the town, the the team like right. it's and it's not that far off from like the Pittsburgh evaluation like and right. I think we're significantly better in every way than the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely a destination you want to play. So, and you know, the, the ownership, you know, 
what the Cronkies did and with their football uh, teams rub some people the wrong way. But it seems like they stay out of the way when it comes to the avalanche. You know what I mean? Like they, they let Joe Sackick like kind of run the show. Um, you feel comfortable being an avalanche fan. You feel comfortable about about that. You don't yeah. feel like these St. Louis Rams fans did uh, that they're just going to pick up and, and, and hightail it out. You know, I, I, you don't get that impression about the abs. So, um, yeah, you, you, you like how the, the, the team is constructed. You like how the team is run. The value of the team is what it is in the long run. That doesn't mean anything for you or I, uh, you know, but from, from a business standpoint, is that something that they're happy? Are they happy that they're 20th in the league in value? No. I mean, you want to be as high as possible. Um, but if the Avs do everything right and and can knock out some Stanley Cups here, you'll see them them go up in that Pittsburgh range. I, I would oh, yeah. be I, I could see that definitely happening. Not having a pipe dream of thinking like, oh, they're gonna compete with Toronto and be a two billion dollar franchise. No. Like th- th- those fans are, are nuts. <laughs> Toronto <laughs> fans. You know what I mean? So um you're not gonna touch franchises like that. But could it improve? Definitely. And I think they're they're on the way of doing that. It's just they got to get past the second round for them yeah. to do that. And it's definitely so. something to keep your eye on in the offseason. Um, right. Interesting right. things to come. It is. I always like looking at that stuff uh, and, and talking about the millions of dollars that I don't have. <laughs> so, um, all right. That'll be it for today. Uh, I, I think we'll do a show tomorrow. Do you want to join for that? I mean, sure. I'll, I'll hop typically, on. Typically don't do a weekend show, but there's a game. It's against the Kraken. Uh, I'm probably going to want to talk about it when it's over. So, uh, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll set a date for tomorrow, and we'll uh, have a weekend episode for everybody talking about the Avalanche. So, that is going to be it for today. Everybody ran a little bit long today, but that's okay. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Definitely head on over to Locked On NHL and make that your second listen of the day. Get caught up on all of the action around the league. Thanks to Kyle once again for jumping on. Always a pleasure, sir. And uh, yeah, don't touch that room until like you're you're walking out the door. The last thing you do, everything is done. You just grab all those jerseys and like <laughs> hightail it out of there. So yeah, uh, all right, all right, everyone. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Talking some abs and cracking. Yep. Have a good one. Go abs, go.